Hi, this is Moose Jaw Matt with Nature and Science for Kids, and we have a special guest. This interview with Timothy George was technically the first interview I did, but it hasn't been released until now. So let's get started with the interview. So I'm Moose Jaw Matt here with Nature and Science for Kids, and we have a guest, Timothy George. Timothy George spent time in the Philippines. That's over in East Asia, Southeast Asia. It's a group of islands, and one of the islands there is called Palawan. He is the son of missionaries who are still there. They've been there for over 25 years. So, Timothy, there's a little bit of an introduction there, but tell us some more about yourself. When were you in Palawan? How long did you live there? Well, like you said, yeah, we moved there about 25 years ago, and I lived there with my parents for about 10 years. So I had just turned nine years old when I went there, and I was 19 when I left. Are you glad you were there? It was a blast. What is the habitat like in Palawan? For our listeners, a habitat is a place where plants and animals live together. Think ocean, rainforest, desert, woods, and so on. So it's um, a lot of it is jungle. Um, we actually do have some old growth rainforest there too, but a lot of the mountainous areas have been clear cut in the past. So a lot of the growth is much younger. Um, but we also, you know, as an island, we have all the beachy areas as well. And we even have an underground river on our island that has blind cave fish. That sounds amazing. It's pretty cool. It smells terrible because of all the bat guano. You went in? Oh, yeah. I've been in several times. Did the fish see you? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what that was like. Where was the cave? How'd you get in? It's in a place called Sabang in north part of Palawan. Um, and they do tours in there. You can actually take a little banca boat back there. And um, you can actually... I don't know how much more it is, but you can pay more to like go far because it goes back several kilometers. It's pretty, pretty far. Um, but right at the entrance of it, while you're waiting to get on your boat, there's a bunch of monitor lizards and Palawan macaque monkeys there. And they like to harass the tourists and try to beg food off them and things like that. The lizards and the macaques? Oh, yeah, both of them. They're monkeys. They're monkeys. Okay. Yes. The tailed variety. Uh, you've already answered some of this question but what are some of the animals that live there on the island of Palawan so apart from those ones we also have our largest mammal is actually a wild boar have you seen any no I don't think I've ever actually seen one I've heard them is that you've heard them yes is it a good thing that you haven't seen any yes they're ferocious do you know how big they get no we also have a Palawan bear cat, which is only on our island, only place in the world they live. And I saw a picture of that earlier today. It's yeah. It's like a bear and a cat. Yeah. It's a good name. It's like an overgrown weasel mixed with a polar bear. <laughs> Maybe not a polar bear. <laughs> a smaller bear. You might need to see a picture online, listeners. Yeah. Look up the and... Palawan pear. Bear. <laughs> bear bats. Palawan pear bat. No pear bats. <laughs> So another animal we have that's really cool is called a fisher cat. 
And there's something in North America also called a fisher cat, which is very different. These fisher cats are look more like domesticated cats, except they're a little bit bigger. They're very distinctive markings. Um, and they eat fish. Their paws are all webbed. So it helps them to swim. They're very good swimmers. They like water and they catch fish and eat them. Unfortunately, they don't do very good domesticated because they're prone to disease if they're kept as pets. Which implies that some people have tried. We did several times because they're super cute. You as a family? Uh-huh. You tried to have a Palawan fisher cat as a pet. Did you have any other pets? Yeah, we had a Palawan macaque actually as well for a long time. Oh, hold on. You say Palawan fisher cat and Palawan macaque. Are they only on the island of Palawan? Um, actually, macaques are pretty common in a lot of different areas in the um, in the world, but the Palawan macaque is just on our island. How did you get the Palawan macaque monkey? Did it come to you from the forest? Or did you train it or buy it in a store? Or how did so, that work? Uh, yeah, a friend of ours actually, we had a bunch of big cliffs, really high rock cliffs behind our house. And a lot of the monkeys in that area lived on the cliffs or around the cliffs. So he had caught the little monkey up there and he brought it by. <clears throat> And do you know how he caught it? Yeah, he snared it. How did he snare it? Um, so they get a little sapling, they leave it in the ground, and then they bend it all the way over with an entire string on the end of it. And then they make a little noose on the end of that string. And then they make a little trigger that's holding the end of the branch. And they put the trigger into the center of the noose. So when something comes by and steps on the on the trigger, the noose, the, the little sapling will be released and it goes swinging off. Then you just go and loose, unloosen the noose. And he had him, so he brought him to our house. And he said, hey, I caught this little monkey. You want him? So we said, sure. And then you had a, a monkey. So we had a monkey and we got little diapers. We put cute little diapers on him. And then we found out very quickly that didn't work very well. <laughs> because monkeys are very clever with their fingers. So he easily got it off and just like threw the diaper all over the house. Ah. He needed to be an outdoor monkey. So we had a big avocado tree. And then what he would do when the avocados were getting ripe, <clears throat> he would go and pick them all and then take a bite out of each one so that no one else could eat them. <laughs> Replic likes to eat all kinds of things. Um, one thing he particularly likes to eat are bugs, in particular spiders. And it was actually a very useful skill because... I would get him off his tree sometimes and I would hold on to his little rope with it still connected to his harness and he would scamper up the corner of our house up into the eaves where all the cobwebs were and I would walk with him underneath and he would crawl along the eaves as he's going taking out all the cobwebs with his body and with his face. She didn't mind. <clears throat> Whenever he'd find a spider, he'd snatch it real quick and he'd grab all of its legs with its little body perched on top. And then he'd just pop it in his mouth like a lollipop. Like a lollipop. Yeah. Crunch it right off. And he loved those things. And it was good for you guys because then yeah, you didn't have clean, spiders. Yeah, kept the spiders out. Because um, the problem there is we have grass roofs. And if you have bugs and spiders and things, then that attracts rodents. And then you have rodents and that attracts snakes. That's yeah. not a good thing to have on your roof. In monkey culture, they have very specific hierarchy. And if you want to get along well with the monkey, you have to understand how the monkey thinks. So a lot of people didn't know that. 
and they would just walk right up to to Replic, and he didn't like that. He didn't know who you were. He would either feel threatened, which means he would run away, or he would try to show force, show his teeth and hiss at you, because he had pretty big teeth. But if you got to know him, um, and you bonded with him, and the way that they bond is by picking through your hair, looking for like little lice or anything they can find, really. Mm -hmm. And he would do that to us, sit on our shoulder and pick through our hair. And we would do it to him, too, actually. Except that we wouldn't actually eat what we found. Just to reciprocate the same body language to him. Yeah. My dad thought it'd be funny one day. He said he got a big mirror out. And he brought it out to show Replic, see what he would think about it. And we did that. And Replic screamed and ran up his cheeks. He was super scared. He'd never seen a monkey before. Mm. He didn't know what it was. And after that, I think we realized that he thought he was human because he was okay. He was a baby when he came to us, so I don't think he remembered ever okay. other monkeys. That makes sense. But the mirror broke, and we tried to clean it up, but there was some little pretty small pieces that were left over. And Replic loved to like dig through and find these little pieces of mirror, and he would hold them up above his eyes like this, and he would look up into them like this, into the reflection. Like a visor yeah. or a hat. And it was really funny because <clears throat> he'd be out there by himself, and he'd like look out the window of the house, see what he's doing, and he'd be out there sitting in his tree going like this, looking up at the mirror. So one time, actually, this guy came up that Replic had had prior encounters with, and he didn't like him because this guy would kind of purposely try to antagonize him. Um, he thought it was funny. Anyway, in the Philippines... Some of the people still wear loincloths. So he came up and frequently, you know, in, in Palawan, the natives, they just, you know, a lot of places, they don't have chairs. They just squat. They just kind of sit and squat on the ground and they squat around like that and talk, whatever. So he was squatting there, you know, facing our porch because he wasn't on the porch. And the tree with Replic was behind him. And he was just outside of Replic's you know, radius mm -hmm. from his tree, but Replic could just reach and he reached and he got the back of his loincloth and he pulled it. And unfortunately, that was the one piece that loosened the whole thing. <laughs> did, the, did the man have anything underneath the loincloth? Well, no. <laughs> so he was very alarmed and jumped and it was very funny. Did he get the loincloth back? You know, I don't remember. I guess he must have eventually. We probably went in and got it. He probably remembers that detail better than you do. <laughs> <laughs> probably. He was actually quite sensitive monkey. If he heard people laughing, like even when we were in the house, we weren't even interacting, he would get angry because he would always assume that people were laughing at him if he heard people laughing. So when we were telling jokes and having a good time, Replic was not having a good time. Did you have any other pets? Um, We had... Yeah, we had um, a dog named William. We called him Willie. And we had uh, a couple cats. My dad had actually two pet scorpions for a while. Two pet scorpions? Yes, two pet scorpions. They're, um, so one of them was a bright iridescent green, and the other one was more like a, more like a classic black. <laughs> classic black scorpion. <laughs> well, I mean... Like what you think of as yeah, like you don't yeah. think of iridescent green. I know that makes sense. Scorpions very often, but I don't these, think about them very often, no matter what color. He would feed them um, spiders. My dad would have to catch them and, and feed them spiders. <laughs> that took a creepy thing even creepier. <laughs> 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 he fed them spiders. 
Well, now we're talking about scorpions and spiders. Well, the other thing that's probably even creepier is that these things are about seven inches long. They're very large scorpions, which might sound scary, but they're actually less venomous than the small ones. Still painful if you get stung. I don't like any of them. Moose Jaw Matt's not a big fan of scorpions. Yeah. I don't really like scorpions. <laughs> Did your father or you any ever get stung by a scorpion? To my knowledge, no. That's good. No. In fact, I remember finding the green scorpion, though. It, well, we were hiking into the mountains one day because there's no roads or you know electricity or anything. You have to hike all the way in. So one day it was raining really, really hard because it was rainy season. We only have two seasons there, rainy season and dry season. So it was raining a lot. It had been raining for days. And the river was so full, we were hiking by the creek, um, and there was a rock kind of jutting out in the middle. And there was so much water that had washed around it on the other side, too. So the water was pouring on both sides. It was like a little jutting island in the middle. Mm -hmm. And the green scorpion was sitting right there in the middle. Your pet scorpion? Nowhere to go. Yep. So he had escaped. So he was really a rescue. Poor little scorpion was rescued. Yeah. And then we fed him on spiders and water, and he did well. (laughs) So in America, we rescued cats and dogs, but... Aaron Palawan, you rescue scorpions. That's right. (laughs) A little scorpion rescue network. Were there any other dangerous animals besides scorpions? Snakes. Were they venomous? Lots of venomous snakes. Can you, do you remember any of them? Banded crate. Ooh. Waggler's viper. But not the sea crates. Nope. The land crates. Land crates, yes. (laughs) Actually, they have sea crates too. And those are really creepy because I always imagined they could swim faster than I could. Well, they probably can. Yeah. So I didn't like that. But they also have spitting cobras there. Did you see any spitting cobras? Oh, yeah. We saw snakes a lot. There's a lot of snakes there. They also have pythons there. Um, I saw those several times. In fact, one time when I was down on the Tomlong River, I actually heard a python before I saw it. But, okay. What size are these pythons? They can be anywhere from like wrist size to thigh size. Because in the Philippines, they measure snakes. Around. They measure snakes by their girth, not by their length. Um, no, seriously, the python, You, I heard it coming first because we were in the rocks and I could hear its body going in the rocks before I saw it because it was so heavy. That's disconcerting. <laughs> it is. Was it coming after you? It was not. It actually didn't even know I was there. Were you ever bitten by a venomous snake? So I I think I did. I say I think I did because I'm pretty sure I got bit by a snake. But I was in pretty thick undergrowth and I, I couldn't see. But I felt something, you know, felt like it bit the front of my leg. And I had to go down. My house was pretty close by. Unfortunately, my parents had a zapper. In World War II, they used these giant boxes that were about, Yay big, maybe foot? eighteen inches. A foot or so. Somewhere around there, like maybe eight inches wide. Okay. And anyway, they would take these ammo boxes that they had used in World War II and they'd put stuff inside that would generate electricity when you cranked it on the side. Mm-hmm. And then on coming out the other eye side, there was these little electrodes. So the idea was you'd put these electrodes on your leg or wherever you got bit, and then someone else would crank it as fast as they could. And the electricity would run through that body part and it would neutralize the venom by denaturing proteins. Zap, did you have the zapper on you? So did they did that to me. Yeah. Pretty painful. It hurt. Yeah. I can. Well, I can't imagine, but 
It was only I about, can pretend to imagine. Only about 10,000 volts. That's a lot of volts. Yeah. I don't want any of them. Just think about this, kids. Have you ever stuck your finger in a light socket? Don't do it. <laughs> but if you have, that's about 120 volts. So the 10,000 volts would neutralize the venom from the snake, if there is venom. Yes. And then the effects of it, does it cancel out all the effects or does it minimize them so there's less? I think it could be both. I, I'm not... So with like what happened to me, we don't really know if it was venom or not because we don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. So they really just zapped me because they wanted to make sure. I didn't have... Nothing happened to me. It didn't even really swell at all. Um, but we had other people that were definitely bit by venomous snakes, even treated with a zapper days afterwards that did much better after we zapped them. And actually, my own mother um, got bit by a snake, but it was on her face. So we didn't try the zapper there. <laughs> but you know what yeah. did help? Activated charcoal. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the centipedes. The centipedes there are very long and they bite you and it's very painful and they're very evil looking to boot. You said very long. Uh, like, is that like an inch, uh, two inches, a foot? It might be a bit of an exaggeration, okay? Um, but let's say a foot. You're maybe for a child from their elbow to their hand. Yes, if it's a small child. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty big centipede. But their bite is pretty bad. Were you ever bitten by a centipede? Unfortunately, I was. More than once? Probably, but one time I know for sure. How did you treat that? Well, I was in the middle of the trail, and I was actually carrying a very sick pregnant woman out of the mountains at the time. So there wasn't really much I could do right then. But... Um, later that day, when we finally got her out to the hospital, I got malaria. And so I wasn't really thinking as much about my foot because it was all swollen up real big. Sounds like a rough day. It was pretty rough. I know this is breaking off from our main topic of nature and, and Palawan, but tell us briefly about some of the things you did there in the Philippines. Well, um, so... What my parents were doing and what we were also involved with was planting churches, but also we did um, started schools and had a clinic, did a lot of um, basic health care there because these were all services that they didn't have. And with people that were, you know, critically ill, things that we couldn't handle, um, we basically had to just either carry them out on a stretcher or in a was called a bakid, which is like a modified um, rattan backpack to carry people out in to get them to a hospital in what we called the lowlands, which was the flat area surrounding the mountains. Yeah, how far was it from up in the mountains where you were staying down to the lowlands? That kind of depends. If like when I got bit by the scorpion or, or the, the centipede, it was at night, so it took a lot longer, but Normally, they would say to hike in to where we live took about three hours, and that was after driving for about 40 minutes to the trailhead. So you drive okay. about 40 minutes, and then, but usually, if you weren't carrying somebody sick and it wasn't night coming out, you could get out a little. Okay, so we're talking about some real deal jungles here. Yes, and these trails were not maintained by uh, the National Park Service. 
it was more like somebody walked that way one time and then someone else walked that way. So it was a trail. Okay. Well, Timothy, thank you for taking time to join us on Nature and Science for Kids. You're Uh, welcome. It was great talking to you, Moose Jaw Matt. To find out more about the work of Timothy George's parents on the island of Palawan, visit afmonline.org. That's Adventist Frontier Missions Online.org. I'm Moose Jaw Matt. Until next time, keep exploring your world.